I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Oh, hello. And also Dave Watson. Howdy. How are you? Not bad. Only a week since the last Newcastle Natter. But they have permanent. Yeah, but there have been two games. Both of them awful. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the worst football games from a Newcastle fan's perspective that I can remember watching in a long, long time. Do you concur, Dave? It, yeah. I mean, it remind, like both of the performances reminded me of the dark days under Bruce and under McLaren, where it, the plan that we... Well, there just didn't seem to be a particularly good plan. And that's not something I associate with Eddie Howe's teams. Uh, Paul, you managed to get me... Anyone who listened to the last podcast will remember the cliffhanger, which was, would I be able to attend the Newcastle-Arsenal game? Paul was able to um, put my name forward for a seat in an executive box at the Arsenal game at the Emirates. I was very much hopeful that I would get it. I did get that seat, and I wish I fucking did. <laughs> yeah, I was so pleased. <laughs> I was at a wedding. It was The reception was above a pub that had the football on downstairs. So I managed to sneak down. It was already 2-0. <laughs> I just thought, fuck this. Went back up. It wasn't our day. I shouldn't complain. It was it was nice just to go to a football match. Have um have you ever been in a like hospitality box at a football match, Dave? It's only the second time I've done it, I think. Um I mean technically I've been in a hospitality, but it wasn't a Premier League ground, so I don't think it really, really counts. Well, I would say strip it, club. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it probably wasn't uh 
any less flash than this. Like Emirates is like one of the most modern stadiums in Britain, right? I mean, I know it's been around for a while now, but it's one of the flashiest stadiums. But it's like if you put like it's if you take it out of the context of football, it's there's nothing luxurious about it at all. It's just a it, it's just like a meeting room in a your standard like in a, in a council's offices. It's just like a, a really standard. It's like a meeting room with a fridge. <laughs> but outside, there's some seats to watch a football match, and there are some people who like make you a cup of tea if you want it. But like, I think that's the weird thing. It's a meeting room where it feels like there shouldn't be a meeting room. And that like makes going down to the end of your garden suddenly a meeting room there. It's like first class on a plane. Not that I've done that properly, but like it's all it really is. It, it's incredibly luxurious, or it feels it because it's on a plane. But all it really is is like a camp bed, and you're in like a hostel. Yeah. Well, my my only experience of first class on a plane was flying from Manchester to Paris. And um, they drew a little curtain behind me. I was at the very front of the, this, like, not like a double-decker, not not like a jumbo jet or anything, just a normal, you know, cross, uh, you know, cross the channel plane. And they drew a little curtain behind me, and I got first dibs on the sandwiches, and that's it. I know that's not is it, it, it's not good enough, is it? And that is why we need to get a private plane. We've got that's the way to go. You've got to get your own jet. Yeah. Anyway, back to the football. Oh, we were next to oh, we were next to Trossard's box. Oh yeah, we were right next to Trossard's box uh, with loads of kids. I presume, I presume his uh, his cousins were there or something, or his kids' mates, or his quite young wife has been incredibly busy because <laughs> there were quite a few kids. But yeah, they were just sat in a room with two sofas. They were too young to care. Most of them were too young to care about the football. They were just sat in a room on their iPads. Yeah, all right. Matt Lucas was there as well. And that is my day at the football. And I'm talking about all of that because the game was terrible, Paul. You didn't watch it. No, but it seems, I mean, like the Blackburn game last night, it seems like the obvious problems we have with our system and our approach to games hasn't been in any way fixed and is just slowly getting worse. The lack of intensity, the lack of pressing, we don't have much else apart from that. Incredibly easy to play through. And now it feels like we're finding it difficult to create opportunities to score as well. We're not really off. We've been conceding a lot of goals for a little while now. But that was causing results like a 4-4 with Luton. Mm. We'd score four goals in that game. We were still offering something going forward. In the last couple of games, there hasn't been a lot of that either, has there, Dave? I think against Arsenal, it's it's difficult because Arsenal are one of the best teams in Europe right now. And they played they played us like we played them last season with that high-intensity pressing up the pitch, not giving the defenders a, a moment to, to, to settle. And that really disrupted them last season. And it completely derailed us this this time round. We we saw like Cher and Botman 
dithering on the ball, getting picked off by Havertz, getting picked like closed down by Odegaard and Saka, and it was just we couldn't, we didn't know how to play out. And when we were launching the long balls, we don't have a big target man striker. We don't have a physical dominant physical presence in the midfield to to win the the you know the clearances. So the ball like we couldn't play through the press and we couldn't play over the press. So the ball just kept coming back. Now I don't know what the solution to that is, but it isn't Dan Burnett left back. But then I don't think that swapping Tino Livramento in would necessarily fix the underlying issue, which is we haven't got anybody in midfield that will like defend and be, that be his focus, and we mm. don't have a fit, like a fully fit striker up the top. Well, so, Tino Tino did start against Arsenal, so that clearly, yeah, sorry, broadly speaking, like, yeah, that clearly wasn't the um, solution to all our problems. That. Um, maybe some people thought it might be. Uh, maybe that's unfair. Maybe no one actually thought that. But you know, I think for me, the most obvious problem: so many players look either physically or mentally knackered and needing. Like we've not looked like we need our warm weather training break more. I think you look at players like Longstaff, even Trippier. I thought in the Blackburn game last night just looked completely out of ideas. But also without Nick Pope, we just that press doesn't work because the defence is further back. There's just gaps everywhere. I think that press and that intensity only works when our defence is sort of camped on the halfway line. And they we can't do that with Dubravka. The worrying thing is, like that's if I can see that, the the coaching staff should be able to see that. And I don't think you can run a Premier League football club saying if this one player is injured, then we still stick to a system that fails without them and hope I, I for a different that, result. I don't think that's 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 it though, because we've got yes, Pope missing completely stops us playing that high line with a sweeper keeper. But it's the fact that we're missing Joel Linton and Tonali and we're missing a fully fit striker and have been pretty much throughout the season. We didn't have the legs in midfield. Like, thankfully, they're coming back now. But we didn't have the options in midfield, so we we can't play counter attack because we don't have that defensive midfielder. So we're trying to play a more fluid, more fluent, like like you attack, then we'll attack. You attack, then we'll attack. And unfortunately, we don't have the technical ability in midfield, nor do we have the fit striker to put you know, put the chances away. So it's it's not just we're missing Pope, so we can't do it. It's we're missing Pope, Joe Linton, Tonali. We have been missing Willick, Anderson, Wilson, Isaac. Fucking, the list goes on. Like, I've never seen a season like this for injuries. It's, it's incredible. I mean, even in that Arsenal game, like, we were missing Pope and we were missing Dubravka. So there's a level of like familiarity in the defence that isn't there because Carrius hasn't played much. So is it, is it a case of um, we're used to managers and most Premier League t- teams have to have managers who are practical and when some, when uh, the situation changes thanks to injuries or fitness or confidence or just results, 
you do have to change something. But Eddie Howe sees himself or or um, has the ambition to be an elite manager, and he has a philosophy and uh, like uh, intensity is our identity, and he's got a way that he wants to play. And if you look at Klopp or Guardiola when they first came to the country, or when they've had uh, blips. There have been, you know, they've been playing with an incredibly high pet press, or they've been playing out from the back, and they've been and they've had some really bad results, and they've been criticised for it, and they've been very stubborn with their way of playing mm. because they believe in that philosophy. And you know, Joe Hart couldn't play like that, and eventually he had to go. But they weren't gonna Guardiola wasn't going to change the way he played because Joe Hart couldn't mm. do what he wanted to do he believed in what he believed in and I, I wonder if Eddie Howe has just decided that that's the, whether he whether that's what he can do with the squad is one thing but he's made a choice that that's the kind of manager he wants to be I, I take your point but I think I think that if if we were missing Pope and had been for the season and we were trying to play this the high pressing game with Dubravka like failing to be a good sweeper keeper. I think you could level that criticism at him. But I think because of the the size of our injury list and the key players who who have been missing, like I, I don't know how you get those fit players to play in a way that will reliably get you results in the Premier League. Because we, I keep saying it, but like because we don't have a defensive midfielder, we can't play counter attack. We just can't do. I it. I think we can play counter attack with five at the back and a much lower block. I think we've got the front three for counter attacking football. You look at Gordon and Miggy on the break. I think we, uh, I, I think I we do think, have that. But then you, you look at the the three midfielders that we've got fit. And, you know, let's ignore Lewis Hall for the minute. But those three midfielders that we've got fit, none of them are, like, all of them are attack-minded. All of them are um, are the type of player who, who wants to get forward. None of them have the defensive discipline to sit I think back. Bruno does. I think the biggest problem for our midfield at the minute is Bruno trying not to get booked. We've mm-hmm. just lost any defensive cover from him. I think Bruno's more effective at number six than he is at number eight. I think he prefers playing at number eight, but he he has much more influence on a game from number six. Mm. He's not had the runners around him because Longstaff's knackered and Miley's 17. So I think having Joe Willock coming back is going to be a big difference. I think think as each week goes by, we will be more suited to playing that 4-3-3. My problem is we've not had the personnel for this system for nearly three months mm. and we've not I don't think you can just there's sticking to your beliefs but then if you've not got the players for it and there's something else you can do you surely have to do it yeah I wasn't really criticising Eddie Howe I was just trying to offer up a possible an exp- explanation for to for his thinking but I, I are you saying Dave that there isn't a criticism to be made of Eddie Howe that he's I think there are any manager we had couldn't do because of all the injuries and everything 
that there's there's nothing to be done and no I'm, what, kind of kind of yeah so what i'm saying is that there are things that we can criticize how for like his intransigence with burn at left back and his um his failure to rotate when we had the option to bring on kids and those kids no, they're likely not going to be Premier League quality, but they could have just borne a bit of the burden for 15, 20 minutes at the end of a game that we were either definitely well, unlikely to win or unlikely to lose. Like those games, he could have done that. There, there are plenty of criticisms of how. I think the the criticisms that, that you're mentioning where maybe he's sticking to a style that isn't working, I genuinely, I've seen a change in the style I don't think we're that high-pressing side. I don't think that we are as intense as we we were when we had everybody fit. I think he has trying. He is trying to find a solution without making wholesale changes to the makeup of the squad or the makeup of the first team. And to the other point that you asked, there is no other manager who could do more with this. Of course, there are. There are better managers than Eddie Howe, and there will be a solution there that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. I can't see it. There must be a solution there, but maybe okay, I. Um, I think there'll be much more to talk about. We can maybe drill down into them games a little bit more. Maybe we can find the solution between us. Yeah, and send it. Find out the email for for Eddie Howe and send it to him. Is it not just Eddie dot Howe at Probably, probably. It's the most likely. It's worth sending it there. And and um, also, you know, maybe we should talk about whether Eddie Howe's job is actually under threat. Uh, but let's have a quick break. And as I say, much more to talk about. See you in a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break. Lovely. Good streaming. You had a good stream from your piss. Yeah. Did no you? prostate exams for me. Oh, good. 
Oh, it's good at your age, Dave. Well done. I know. 42. Is it as, would you say it goes so far as to say it's as, it's as good as it's ever been? I'd say it's up there. I mean, it's, I've never really had a problem with flow. Do you think if you were lying on your back, you could keep a rubber duck in the air with the force of your flow? How big's the rubber duck? Yeah, no, no, but I would. would, You give it a go, though. I can tell. I I mean, I'm a hundred percent. I can move the urinal cake around the the bowl with no no issue. That's that's not a problem. Well, that's good. Oh, there might be moments I could do that, but your average piss, not a chance. I'm drinking a lot these days. A lot of water, like too much. One would say. Wow. You can't drink too much water, can you? He's drinking so much water he could push a cannonball up a hill. Of course. <laughs> Sisyphus ain't got shit on me. <laughs> of course you can drink too much water. <laughs> that's I mean, that's what drowning is. But um True. uh speaking of drowning, let's go back to our last two performances. Um uh I will briefly say, uh, before we move on from Arsenal, and I had a memory this week of, in every Ashley season, it felt like I was always quite positive, but then there'd be a moment where I'd see a performance so bad where I could, from then on, only see us through the prism of, oh, we're total shit. I remember one particular game against Sheffield United, I think, when we were under Bruce, and I Mm. thought, from then on, I was a Bruce defender that season, I was... I thought, well, things are not as bad as people are saying. But that particular game opened my opened my eyes to no, we are utter shit. And then I could see nothing else from then on. Having to, well, I didn't have to, but I did. Having attended that performance against Arsenal and truly watching the game, not like watching it whilst uh, being on my laptop. Do you know what I mean? Truly engaging with the game and it being such a terrible performance. And I thinking we were utter, utter shit. I was only able to watch the Blackburn game through that same prism. And uh, it took a long time for it to do anything to relieve me of, uh, relieve me of that. Blackburn are a championship side, not a good championship side. A champion- 16th, I think. Yeah. 16th in, uh, in very bad form. Mm-hmm. And... It was, were they, for the 90 minutes, they were the better side, weren't they, Dave? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Bear in mind, this is the the team in the championship, 16th in the championship, where only Rotherham, who are rock bottom, conceded more goals. I mean, there is an argument that they recently changed their manager from Yondal Thomason to whoever the fuck it is now. And perhaps the new manager is getting more of a tune out of them, so perhaps they're playing better than their league position would suggest. But it's still a bottom half championship side with a terrible defence, and they were they were played with intensity, they played with technical ability that we weren't showing, they played with defensive solidity that we weren't showing. Their keeper had a blinder. And they they looked like the Premier League side. We did not. We did not look good at all. It took into us into the the period of extra time before we really started to attack with any kind of 
genuine threat. It was awful. Paul? Yeah, I think there are a lot of issues. The, I mean, we have the worst defence in the Premier League <laughs> over over the course of like, the last three months or however long it is. And it, I expected us to look a bit more solid against a championship team, but we just look like cones. There's no, mm. We don't seem to put tackles in anymore. We give them as much time as they want on the ball. We give runners as much space as they want. So it's we're just easy to play against. And it's not... The annoying thing is they're not the difficult bits to get right. They're sort of basics. We look so lethargic and so shot of confidence. I was noticing yesterday a lot. You just look at every sideways pass we play always seems to go behind the player it's for, not in front of. Every move you're doing is negative. It's not. No one's running onto a ball to play a forward pass. They're always having to get it from behind them, take a touch, and then Trippier and Longstaff especially, sort of mentioned this earlier, every time they got the ball, taking a touch, looking ahead of them, no runners, didn't want to play a risky pass, played it sideways or backwards, yeah. slowly as possible as well. No, I think there weren't really many positives. Bruno had the worst game I think he's had in a long time, but he he just needs a rest. He's, but like, even when... Even when we were getting into the final third, which was not very often, but even if we did manage to get a player on the ball in the final third, it felt to me like uh, there was confidence was just a massive issue. They were taking too many touches uh, or there'd be a bad touch in there. They weren't sure exactly what to do. They didn't have that clarity of thought that mm. a, a team who's um, playing well will have. And I know we've had a lot of injuries and I know there's been um, and, and a lot of the players who are back now are not fit, but there's also a lot of players up front there who haven't really been injured. And it's been quite a while now that we've been playing one game a week, most weeks. I know we played on Saturday night, but players like Anthony Gordon, he, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't terrible last night. But he didn't have that when he was in the final third. It felt like he didn't have that confidence. The yeah, thing I mean, about Gordon, though, is like this season, he's started amazingly, and he's still has he got ten goals? I think already this season. Yeah, but he he is our best player. But because we've only got one fit striker most of the time, he's the only player fit that can double up as a striker. So he's never coming off early. He's never starting games from the bench because Barnes hasn't been there. So he's just playing every minute and he plays at such a high intensity that it's going to knacker you out. So I think I think we're approaching a period now with Barnes and Anderson being available that Gordon might have to start a few games from the bench if we want to have an impact sub that's a striker. I think it might not be the worst thing for him to have a little bit of a rest as well. Yeah, and you can you could definitely play Harvey Barnes for the first four, well first fifty five sixty minutes of a game, and then bring on Gordon or Isaac first forty five, then bring on Gordon. You could definitely do that, and then rotate it to another option. I mean, I think with it's it's how you get the best out of the players you're starting with. Like, what permutation of players do you put together in that eleven to make it? best possible 
chance of winning a game. And I think what Howe tends to do is like stick with the horse what Brent, what brought him rather than rolling the dice. Like personally against Blackburn, I would not have played Isaac and Jacob Murphy because Jacob Murphy likes putting a cross. That's, that's what he likes to do. That's, that's his way of attacking that right flank. When you're up against five defenders, putting crosses into the box is not as, as valuable as um, having somebody who can beat a man and Miguel Almiron for all his faults. He will commit players. He will make them either like make a foul, win a corner, get a throw in, something like that. That's that's what he can do. And Murphy just isn't that guy. And when you when they were quite happy to sit in that low block, you don't need you know Murphy's um, tactical awareness as much as you need um, Miguel Almiron's endeavor. Well, Miguel Almiron did. Um make an impact to be fair to him he's he's not had the best season he's he's not been in the best form but he was he didn't make for what i thought was for the neutral a very entertaining extra time they're sticking with the horse what brought you but what if the horse that brought you has food poisoning it's got you to the destination but it's just taken some LSD and it's wandering, it's, it's wandering off <laughs> into the. It's got no interest in uh, going where you want to go anymore. It's it's wandering into a neighbor's field. I, I, I but there's agree. another horse available. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd get I'd, on the I'd, other horse. I think we could have switched away from four three three and gone for a like a 442 or or some variation like five at the back maybe just just some kind of variation to take the 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 pressure off those midfield three of Longstaff Bruno and Miley to to do all of the running and all the creative creativity and you know it's it's too much for what is essentially arguably a world class talent who's exhausted a game but very limited central midfielder in Longstaff and a 17-year-old kid. It's too well, much. Miley didn't start, did he? Mike Willock started and then Miley came on and then Miley was subbed yeah. for Anderson. I mean, that was for the penalties. Yeah, I know. Presumably for the penalties. It was nice to see Anderson at least fit enough to be on a football pitch again. And uh, he came on for penalties and he scored his penalty, didn't he? He did. Yeah. But... um. I just wanted to bring it on to the penalties because in an evening of terrible football from a Newcastle perspective and also I I, I usually don't criticise co-commentators in the oh. way most people do, but um, for me, two hours of Danny Murphy is enough. It for... felt like four hours. The yeah, combination of the way we were playing and Danny Murphy genuinely made my stomach hurt. Just constant Danny Murphy constantly saying, he's in. He's in. Anyway, um I wanted to bring it onto the penalties because one bright spark was Fabian Shares penalty. Yeah. I I think it's my favourite penalty of all time. It's less flash than a Penenka. 
but it, there was something it was so simple so silky so slow so smooth oh my god it, it, I think I enjoyed that more as after a beat after it was scored there was like a beat and then I was like really savouring that one whereas like you know when you saw I don't know like Alan Shearer bursting the net with an absolute pile driver those are the ones where you go like immediate like get the fuck in yeah whereas Shaz was just this like slow bubbling fucking joy it, it was so it was almost dismissive of the keeper like oh, just fuck you like it's going in don't like it's that. a weird one because you can't celebrate it like a goal because like instinctively no. with a goal, you want to sort of cheer and have a you have a like volatile responsive stuff coming out, but it's too distracting because <laughs> the way it was scored, you get like halfway through to getting out your chair, you almost have to sit back down. But it was that thing where, which will often happen, where you've wrong footed the keeper and therefore you just calmly slot it into the other side. That'll often happen with penalties. But it was that, but it was also so slickly moved along the ground into the exact corner. It was it was something. It felt more like it had been put it in the Louvre. It felt like it had been put in via like curling. (laughs) You expect two little sweepers in front of it. (laughs) It was frictionless. It it was it was a glorious penalty. To be fair. The the only bad penalty out of our lot was Harvey Barnes. Yeah. And it wasn't just a bad penalty because it was saved. It was a bad penalty. It was too near the middle. It wasn't struck firmly enough. He he didn't look confident when he was, you know, beginning his walk up. So um, Well it's nice that Dubravka has um perhaps been uh one of the reasons that we have not been on great form. Although it's not like he's made a load of cock-ups. He's just unable to do what is required of him. But it is nice that he uh, made a couple of good saves there and contributed to a victory. But it's also sad that we can now confirm that uh, this will be another season in which Newcastle United do not win a trophy because uh, we have Man City away in the next round. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I said it to you before the pod. I I probably will do it because I'm going on paternity leave soon and I'll have time. But I would comfortably say that we've had, of all the teams who've had draws in England, I think we've had the hardest draws in Champions League, League Cup and the FA Cup. We've been drawn away in the FA Cup at every round. We've faced... What, what were you saying, Paul? Six Champions League winners? Yeah, I think so. If you look at Dortmund, Milan. Yeah. Man City, Man U. Man City, Chelsea, Man U. Yeah. It's it's just been an unbelievable string of draws. Our luck is so terrible in the draw. And even when we get And this made, connects to your this connects to your paternity leave be, leave because you will be spending some time <laughs> Analyzing the data to prove this? Yes. Right. Some men yeah. change nappies. Some I was just, I was just saying that for the, the listener. Like, why is Dave saying 
that this that this series of draws somehow connects to the fact that he's about to go on maternity leave. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work it out. Like, is it have we had the hardest possible draws? Not the hardest possible, but just the hardest collection of draws. For the British team, for the English teams, and I, I, I can't believe so we are. Some some men use paternity leave to make uh, uh, everlasting contact with uh, their child in uh, a crucial stage of life, and, and create that bond, and, um, and and all of that. And some men use paternity leave to prove a point, which is. Easily provoked <laughs> just by saying that you've done it. I've I've already got an unbreakable bond bond with my eldest, so I don't need. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The youngest can be hers. That's fine. Like I think, in a way, our draws have been really hard. But I think if we look back, when we got the group of death, there was a lot of. Well, is it really a group of death? PSG were very beatable. Dortmund didn't seem up to much. Milan weren't as good as the season before. Man City, if you're going to draw them, quarterfinals and earlier is the time to do it. We've already knocked them out of the League Cup. I think Man City away after Christmas is as close to impossible as a game gets. It is, mm. uh, I think Fergus said before, the hardest fixture in world football. So we, we've been unlucky there. But I also, the longer you stay in a cup competition, by virtue, the better the teams you're going to face. Well, sure, but then but no, we have been at... massively unlucky as well. But I think, in a way, you would rather, if you're going to win the cup, you're going to have to beat Man City or a team that's beaten them, which is probably only Liverpool. So you might as well face them in the quarterfinals. Like, look at the League Cup; we knocked them out in the quarters this year. Southampton did the year before when we got to the final. Mm. So, it, I think, in some ways, it could be if we were at home, I would fancy us to beat Man City is just another away fixture. That feels like the real kick in the teeth. All well, our set fixtures have been away or after an away game at the weekend before. As I was saying before the pod, we have, it's inarguable that we've had a lot of very difficult draws this season. But last season we had what was a very easy run to the Carabao Cup final. And then... Even in the cup final, I mean, they were in form, but we faced Man U. We didn't face Man City or Liverpool or Arsenal. And um, we've also gone out in the FA Cup almost every season for the last 20 years to not County or equivalent. <laughs> so um, we've, we've proven you can go out to anyone in the cup. Yeah. Um, our next game. Oh no! But before I go on to the next game, uh, I'll, I'll just quickly ask: Do you think Eddie Howe will still be our manager at the start of next season, Dave? Do you want to give a percentage? Let's do that. Back to old Newcastle. On that, a percentage chance. What is the percentage chance that Eddie Howe? Uh, I'm I'm saying this in the context of apparently there are rumours today that. Nagelsmann has been appointed from a German journalist. Paul, you mentioned that to me earlier yeah, on. Yeah, not appointed, the, but is being linked. Yes, been sorry. sounded out. Has been linked, but the club are apparently distancing themselves from it, whatever that means. 
But who knows what there is to that rumour. Dave, percent is chance that Eddie Howe is Newcastle United's manager at the start of next season? 80%. 80%. Paul? 65%. It feels like with the cup gone, it's going to take a very strong end of season run to keep him in it. And we do traditionally have that in us, but we just look so shot at the minute and Wilson's not going to be back for a while. I'm going to go 50-50. I think if this... In fact, I'm also... I'm I'm almost inclined to go less than 50. I'm not saying that's what we want either, is it? No, I I just think whether we have been on a bad run of form, I could easily see that bad run of form continuing for quite a long time. There are already a lot of grumblings. I think that's only going to grow and grow and grow. I could see... If our next three months are as bad as the last three months, I could see that being the case, then I think he's really in trouble. I I just think in the last three months we've faced some very difficult um, league opponents. We've had poor performances in there against some very beatable league opponents. We've had, you know, tricky draws in the cops and, and so on and so forth. And I think the the overarching mitigating factor for for this season is is the injuries to key like key players. So I think Eddie's got enough in the ca- enough in the bank, enough credit in the bank with the owners to to give them at least to the beginning of next season. We do have think... on paper a relatively uh, forgiving run in. Yeah, um, but we did this month as well. We had, I mean, look at when we had Luton, Bournemouth, Forest. Yeah. And we made a bit of a balls up of that. I think I think the reason Eddie Howe might be given more time than you would otherwise think, I think there has to be an acknowledgement from the board that they're, the re- they're a big part of the reason why this season's gone the way it has. Mm. Things like signing Lewis Hall instead of getting another right winger or a third striker. Or a defensive midfielder. Or a defensive midfielder. They've left him short. It's not all on him. But again, I think we'll find out who's actually running the club from what happens. Because I think I don't think the Saudis... I don't think they're going to be too bothered about how difficult our running's been. They'll just see fourth one season, eighth or ninth the next. That's not good enough by... Who is actually running the club? The Rothschilds. Yeah. I've heard lizards. Lizards. Who is actually running? Rasters. Who? What's that? Rasters. Rasters. Yeah. Rasters. Um, okay. Uh, our next game is at home. Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Wolves. How are they? Last time I saw they were beating Brighton in the cup tonight. I think they beat Sheffield United, a mad Sheffield United, even by their standards, only 1 0 last weekend at home. Still, I mean, yeah. If we, that's going to be grim. If we don't beat Wolves. Uh, My worry about facing them, did you see their game against Spurs the week before that Sheffield United game? 
because that was that was away at Spurs. They won two one and looked very very good as a counter attacking team. And we seem like we've never been more vulnerable to good counter attacking football. So I I'm a bit scared about this game. Yeah, because it was was it um, Neto and Matheus Cunha. Cunha. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, like Botman will be back in the side, which gives me more faith because Lascelles was at fault for for the equaliser. Has um, Botman given you much faith recently now? Because I think I was quite pleased to Le- see Lascelles come in yesterday. He's good, better than Lascelles. Like, I thought Lascelles, well, I thought Lascelles had one of the better games in the side last night. I just. For me, Botman is a better central defender than than Jamal Lascelles, and I think he he's certainly got more composure. He's certainly quicker at releasing the ball, which means we should be able to recycle possession a lot faster. Which would mean that if we are facing a low block, they've got less time to settle into their defensive shape. Um, Willick will have more. Um, will be closer to match fitness. Isaac will be closer to match fitness. Barnes will be closer to match fitness. Anderson, Almiron might get might start. Um, Gordon, I don't know what what will happen with him, but I just think I'm not supremely confident that we'll beat Wolves. But I'm expecting a much better performance than we saw against Blackburn, and hoping for a better performance than we saw against Arsenal. Okay. Um... You want to just give me a score prediction each, just for the fuck of it? 2-1. Two, one two, one. That's 2-1 from Dave and Paul. What was that? 2-1 no, Wolves. 2-1 Wolves from Paul. I, I'm just. I'm going to be positive. I just... I think we're absolute dog shit at the moment. But I do think we're not such dog shit that we can't win this game 3-0 and then have another dog shit four games in a row. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm going to go for. Uh, okay, uh, let's uh, leave it there. Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Nutter listener. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.